0: We started talking about what real church looks like, not perfect church. If this was perfect church, I would not be your pastor. I would not be here as as someone leading your campus. And we've well established that, but we started out that very first week and we talked about the R and talking about relating well with people. Kids, that means that you're a good friend to the people around you. It means that you do your best to be who Jesus would want you to be at school, on your baseball team, on your football teams, in the band, whatever it is that God calls you to. But, but relating well to God and to others, okay? That's what God wants you to do. And then we talked about the E. The E was talking about engaging lost people. Who are the lost people? To us, it's people that that don't know Jesus. Maybe it's people that don't have a church home, but just being able to engage them, to invest in them and ask them to come and to be a part of it. And last week, we talked about the word adopt. Man, my mom and dad, on September the 1st, 1970, they got me, like, like, If you're here today and you were adopted at some point in time, like somebody went somewhere and they chose you. Mom and dad were like, oh, that's my kid. Like they didn't get a chance, right? They just had me. But if you're here and you were adopted, somebody chose you. And so I look at that and I say, hey, why don't you find somebody in your friend's circle, And adopt them, encourage them, equip them, help them grow up to be the strongest believers that they possibly can be. And then today we're talking about this, the L, talking about lead, not loser, talking about leading, leading well. Every one of you in here has the capability, if I have any capability to lead people, you do too. You have capability, you have been encouraged and empowered, you have all that you need, but this is based on what we're gonna talk about, Ephesians four and second Timothy two. So kids today, every adult point that I have, there's one for you just in case, all right? So point number one is we hit this. As leaders, we actively seek to serve. Beautiful that it landed today with us talking about deacons because that's their soul, that's their biggest job. Their biggest job isn't to teach a class necessarily. Their biggest job isn't uh, to, to make decisions for the church, although they are part of all of those pieces, but their greatest role, and so is yours and mine, is to serve the church. One big way that we talked about this morning was to go and to serve another local church. It just happens to be one that's in Minneapolis, but to lead well in doing that, we've got to serve them. Serving means putting action to how we love people. Putting action to how we love people. It's a big part of what we do, right? And so when you put into action Jesus, his love for others, man, usually it's going to then form out in how you love them. And so maybe there's some people that it's not very easy to love. Kiddos, maybe you've got some kids and maybe there's a bully at school. Some of you are like, I know who that person is. If in any way, that there's somebody at that school that might be able to help them, love them. It might just be a Jesus follower like you who's able to raise the bar to say, hey, that's not what Jesus would want you to do. Hey, that's not what I want you to do. Like to be able to lead well in those circumstances. Not waiting to do something or waiting to be asked. It's actively seeking out how can I serve. There's some great people that are sitting inside of this room and we started talking about connection. They jumped in and they said, hey, we want to host. Some great people said, hey, I want to lead. Some are, some are in two of those different connection groups to make for sure that they, they run well and that things go incredibly well. We've got great people that are, that are doing connection groups here on Sunday mornings. We've got a ladies group. We've got a men's group. We've got a student group. And, and it takes leaders in all of those different varieties. It takes people who will say, hey, I want to lead in the parking lot. And when somebody shows up, man, I want to wave them in. Hey, come on over here. Oh, first-time guest, park right here. Like, it takes so many different people to do all of the different things. It's setting up and it's tearing down. Why? Just so we can do worship. Like, all of this stuff in here, all of this, the drums, like, Dugan sets up all of those pieces with mics and all that kind of stuff, all the glass. Why? So that we can do worship. It's a great thing that we get to uh, that we get to do, right? Most churches they just get to walk in. It's plug and play. It's all set up. We get to come in, set it all up, and to have a good time with it. But that's part of it. Directing people into the parking lot, greeting people into the doorways. There's so many ways that we get to serve here, and it's not sitting around. And man, I hope Ken will ask me today. Man, he didn't even look my way today. Probably because I was going a million different directions this morning. Don't wait. This is your formal invitation jump in jump in and do whatever it is that we have available you may even be thinking of something that we haven't even thought of yet and you may bring that to the table jump in turn to ephesians chapter four ephesians chapter four and um as we look at this it's it's just a beautiful picture about leadership and and how the the church started out back in the day look at verse 11 it says and he gave the these next names that we're listing off they're all the leaders they're all the leaders, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to do what? Look at verse 12. To equip the saints it means to set them up for success in ministry. He equipped them. And, uh, it's cool to me that Jack and Tammy are here and their job is to equip people who will jump into these schools and then to love kids. So they came in, they answered our questions this morning. Uh, they kind of gave us a list of things. Hey, here's some do's and some don'ts, but here's exactly what needs to happen. And they planned it all out. Why? So that they could equip us to be able to love kids and to do it the right way. It's a beautiful thing. But to equip the saints for the work of It was your time to jump in, guys. Come on. Hold on, I'm gonna try it again. To equip the saints for the work of? So much better. And to encourage, look at that, for the building up of the body of Christ. You're it, you're here. You're the body of Christ. My hope is that every Sunday when you walk out of this place that you feel encouraged that you feel like, man, there's something uh, in me that I have to offer the world outside of here. And I need to go and I need to love them. I need to encourage them. There's somebody in my life that I need to help equip them. Every, Every one of you that have kids that are sitting, some of them are on your lap. Some of them are right beside you. It's your job to equip them for the work of the ministry. Not just to get them through elementary school and middle school and then to high school and then a diploma, but to equip them in the work of what ministry looks like. For how long? <laughs> Verse thirteen, until we all attain the unity of the faith. And some you're like, "Oh man, I've been in some churches, bro. That's going to take a long time." I got to be honest, it's here. It's here. Like I walk out of here every Sunday after setup, tear down, everything in between. I walk out of here every Sunday encouraged ready to live out next Sunday. And what does it take to get from here to there? So until we all, that doesn't mean that we stop. It doesn't mean, oh, we check the box. We're done. Ken said we're cool. No, it means let's keep doing it until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. And some of you are like, I don't know if we're all there yet. To mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So kids, our job here, when you step in uh, into the gym or you step in, we've got some that are in pre-K today, but our job is to help you grow up to be mature believers. That means that you're able to make wise choices, that you care deeply about Jesus in your life, and that you would take Jesus with you wherever it is that you wind up in life. For what reason? Look uh, Look at verse 14. So that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro uh, from the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. You see, guys, this is servant leadership at its finest. And what we're trying to do in kids' beach clubs, same thing we're trying to do in the gym. We're trying to teach kids so that they can grow up with a healthy biblical worldview that Jesus cares about them in every circumstance, situation, and calling in their life that they can continue to follow Christ in all of their endeavors. You see, and I get to see that every week here. Kids, we get you get to see it every week in the gym. You get to see it. I'm hoping you get to see it from what I get to see of your parents that you get to see it in your own homes that you you see mom and dad and they're taking time to give care and concern to point you to Jesus. And so kids, here's the day if you miss that that point. Lead like Jesus. That's point number one. Lead like Jesus and serve others. Serve others. Who are the others? Anybody that's not you. Maybe there's a way that you could ask your teacher, hey, is there, back in the day, I don't know if there's probably not many of these left. Brooke and I were joking about it the other day, but back in the day, we had chalkboards. And I used to look at that as two ways. Man, I can help Miss Faye by going and knocking all of the chalk out of her erasers. And I got to go out on the playground and bang those erasers. But when I did that, I wasn't in class. But the second part of that was I was helping Miss Faye. I was her favorite student because I asked her, Miss Faye, can I go bang the chalk out of those erasers for you? Well, yes, can't you? Sure can. And then I learned how to, to draw pretty well. And so all of my teachers, they always let me go and draw whatever we were working on. They would let me draw that for the class. And so I got to maybe go to the library and, and draw that and bring it back to the class. And if there was ever a time that I could write on the board because I took time to really and truly learn how to do nice handwriting, like I was able to write on the board. So so some of those ways where you look at it, how can I serve even my teachers? How can I serve at school? How can I serve my ball team? How can I be a part of the bigger plan that Jesus has? <clears throat> Lead like Jesus and serve others, kiddos. Point number two, as leaders, as adult leaders, as student leaders, we intentionally replicate disciples. Like we look at people and we go, man, I wanna I want help these people. I wanna I want jump in and I wanna help do life with them. And so it's life on life. It's not, not sitting through a class with them. Right? I think we all, relic, we all just kind of give up that discipleship is just a class. And we go sit in a class at some point in time. That may be a piece of it, but to me, discipleship is life on life. It's answering questions. It's getting a text from a student and asking questions about my, their faith. And then, man, have you, have you come to faith and trusting in Jesus Christ? And then going through what that looks like. It's going the extra mile. It's not just sitting in a class, but it's sitting with them. And doing life with them. So kids, for you, lead like Jesus so others will follow you to him. And what if you were a part of your friends coming to know Jesus and being a forever friend with Jesus? How cool would that be? My bet is is that if you worked on that with some of the friends in your class, kids, that some of those friends will be your friends for your whole lifetime. Because you cared more than just about playing ball with them. You cared more than just about being in class with them. You cared about their eternity. You cared about Jesus in their life. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 1. Paul's writing to Timothy says, You then my child, man, he was intentional. Man, Paul cared deeply about Timothy. Like when you read this, you can see that Paul is taking so much time to be intentional even to the point that he would call him his child, his child in the faith. What does that mean? It means he's replicating himself in his child, which I gotta be honest, parent, it's on all of us to do. And I'm sitting here, like I, even as I was preparing this, I was just like, man, have I done all that I need to do to prepare my kids for what they're gonna face in college and all of that? Like we all do that, right? Like we all question, are they ready to go and do these things? And so, but you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Man, be encouraged, be edified, be reminded of who Jesus is and what he's calling you to do with your life. And then he says this, and what you have heard from me. And some of you are like, oh, what have my kids heard from me? What are the people that I work with? What have they heard from me? Because the next part of that says, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men. So Paul is telling Timothy, hey, the things that you've heard me say, the things that I've taught about Christ and, and, and about the church, man, and trust them, find other guys who will then go. Find other ladies who will serve in that capacity to do these things. Kids, it's Jesus, pointing people to Jesus, and then having those friends follow you to him. It's a beautiful thing. Who then will be able to teach others also. Intentionally means you actively search for them. Like there are times and moments where God just allows people to kind of fall into your lap that might need your help. About to drop some here with Kids Beach Club for us, right? But it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes we have to go search for them. But here's the deal. Every one of you in here who is a believer in Jesus Christ, you have what it takes to be able to lead somebody to their next level, to their first step and to their next steps. Why? Because the Bible says that you have all that you need for life and godliness and you have it all because of who Christ is. The next piece of that, the question I will ask, can we truly say that, that Jesus did this? Can we truly say um, that Jesus did all of these things that he's talking about? Well, I think we can because of, with his life, man, he followed his father's call. Now Everything that Jesus was doing, right? He was following God's call in his life. Some of you, you have been running from a call for a long time. Some of you in this room, God has been calling you. He's been encouraging you to take this next journey, to take this next step. He's been calling you maybe to, to teach or to lead a group. He's been calling you to, to help somebody at work to be able to point them to their first or next step. But, but here's the next piece. Jesus listened to his father's voice. When's the last time that you listened to God's voice, whatever it was he was calling you to do? Maybe it was the the school you were were supposed to go to. Maybe it was a a career choice. Kids, maybe it was you just felt like he was telling you to, to go and be a friend and to sit somebody at the lunch table. But when's the last time that you heard his call, you heard his voice? But then Jesus, he taught his disciples what it looked like to follow God. That's what we get to do. We get to lead people to show them what it looks like to follow God. He explained every step of what he was doing. And even some of those who followed him the closest still didn't get it. There are going to be people in your life that are not going to get how you're trying to lead them. Do you just give up? Man, you just keep leading. You keep answering their questions. Man, if they're scratching their head, that means they're still engaged. They're still trying to figure it out. Still trying to invite somebody to come to church with you? Don't give up just because they said no this past week. Maybe they had a rough Saturday. Maybe they had a rougher Saturday night. I don't know. But still, encourage them. Keep inviting them. Keep investing them uh, in them to come and to be a part of it. Point number three is leaders. We must be eternally minded. Eternally minded. That means that what we're doing here, it doesn't just matter for right here eternally minded means that i look at my friends and i and i wonder okay in their life is is there fruit in their life that points me to say to that that they're a believer in christ man do they get up do they go to church but being eternally minded kids for you it's this lead like jesus in every part of your life the good and the not so good not every part of life is going to be easy kiddos it's just not but when you continue, even in those tough times, to have faith and to continue to trust Jesus that he is who he says he is as the way, and he is who he is who He says he is as the truth, and he is who he says he is as the life, that when the rough and tumble comes your way, that you will continue to stay on his course. That the, this side of the world may be argue fussing and fighting. This side of the world may be argue fussing and fighting. But this road right here that leads to Christ, you stay on it and you continue to stay focused in all of those things. Eternally minded means that I don't stop with the here and now. And we do, we get at times, we, we stop with the here and now. It's like, oh, uh, that person, uh, they're never gonna come to church. Or that person, did you hear what they said, Man, I, and we, it's almost like we write people off. I've been guilty of that before as well. Like we write people off and and, and it doesn't mean that God's not finished with them and he's not finished with you in their lives. Um, I don't see people for who they are as much as what they can become in Christ. That's what it means when we sit there and talk about eternally minded. Here's this next piece. I take my little K kingdom in life and I see how it can have a bigger impact for the big K kingdom Guess what? My little K kingdom doesn't last, but his does. All of you have these little K kingdoms, right? And you're kind of kings and queens of those little K kingdoms. But man, if those things don't line up with his big K kingdom, then it may be that you need to restructure your little K kingdom in order to point people back to who he is. That's being eternally minded. And it's looking past uh, some of the faults of some people and trying the best to get to the heart of what's going on in their lives. Um, beautiful thing, look, 2 Timothy 2 and 3 verse 7 says that Sharon's suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. So if you look at those three things about being eternally minded this morning, like there's some cool pieces about a soldier. Man, you're going to, we have somebody that we're going to pray for today, as far as being a soldier, as far as being in our armed forces. And I can't wait to pray over Dalton this morning. We'll all as a, as a church for all the four years in this circle of ministry but even all the ones prior we will pray for dalton but very very appropriate this morning when we talk about uh there's going to be some tough times and some tough training and he's had some tough days in in training even getting to that place where he will leave out in this next week but you've got to suffer through it you got to endure you got to persevere you got to keep working like a soldier does, right? Like you want the the toughest and the best to be those soldiers. And there's a beautiful picture here. The military life is a tough life, but keep fighting for who enlisted you. Keep fighting for this America. Like keep fighting for the Lord and his spiritual army. You've got to keep fighting as a soldier. But then it goes on to talk about an athlete. I know last Sunday, that there were a lot of you in here who were uh, the best armchair quarterbacks when the Cowboys... Did not show up to play. Where are you? Michael's hand, is that mine? Was that like, I was at the Lambs and I probably should have been at home because I was in a foul mood. Amen. But man, we all get to that place where we're the athlete, right? We're the armchair, like, I could have made that pass. Come on, Dak, where were you? Like, like we all get to that place where we're the armchair quarterback and we think we've got it best, right? But an athlete wants in the game and they want it, they want the win, they want the victory, right? An athlete, hopefully, if you're going to jump into athletics, here's my sidebar. Don't just jump in it for the participation side of things. Jump in it. Go win. Like, Like, fight hard for your team to want to win, right? Be a part of the participation side that says we're in this together. Man, last year, Carly's team, they went all the way through. It was a hard year, um, and I may have shared this before, but I would drop her off at about 6.15. She would walk in the gym for her club, and then at 10.45, she's walking out. Some of you are like, she did that how often? Every Monday night, every Wednesday night for her whole club season. Came back with a national championship. Her coach was a hard, hard, I mean, she, she wanted the victory. And they're pushing boxes at ten I'm sitting there going, I don't know how they have done that from six fifteen all the way through. But to get in there, like if you really want something as an athlete, man, you have to learn the rules. You have to put on the jersey. You have to do what your coach tells you. You're going to have to do a lot of different things. But then as a farmer, every farmer must take the time to invest in the crop, right? Like it's not just pop a seed. Oh, look, there's corn. Pop a seed. Oh, look, whatever. Like it's going to take time and investment. And so if you're here today and you're looking at that, man, there's some people that you're just dropping seeds in their life and you're investing in them in huge ways for them to be able to grow up in the faith. Man, keep dropping those seeds. Plant seeds and wait for those seeds until that harvest comes and Christ shows up in their life and you get to be there. Some of you are like, man, what about uh, I'm a student, I'm a teacher, construction engineer, caregiver, first responder, fill in the blank. Man, take those respective positions and figure out how can I point people to Jesus and lead well. Every one of the roles that are inside of this room that you fulfill, there is an opportunity at some point in time to lead people, and to love them well. Students, jump in and serve here on Sunday mornings. Don't just wait until that mission trip in in Minneapolis. Like, jump in and serve. We've got some great students who are serving in kids inside the gym each week. Like, don't wait. Don't stand around watching the adults jump in, serve, and help, and be a part of what God is doing here. Here's a great quote, and then I'm about done. If this takes up a majority of your life, whatever this is, You may not find fulfillment in it until you can see spiritually how you can make an impact where you are at. As believers, our most fulfillment should come from seeing God at work in our lives and the lives of others. And my bet is you can continue to do what you're doing time and time again, Sunday after Sunday, The reason I can continue to do all that this job, this ministry, this opportunity affords me is because I get to see what God is doing in your life and what happens here on Sunday mornings. Last point, day by day, we might see God grow us up and blow this place up in a great way, in a great way. Kids, lead like Jesus and see how you grow and how he grows others around you. We hit it last week, Acts 2.46. And day by day the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Man, you start to see people getting saved here on Sunday mornings. You start seeing kids get saved at Kids Beach Club. And I promise you, you'll never get tired of seeing all of those things. Ephesians 4 to finish it out. Rather, day by day, if we inserted that here, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And you want to know how to lead people well? Love them. Point them to Jesus Christ.